The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. For a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well, I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who just wants everyone to have fun, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. I'm good. And yes, I do. I would love for everyone to just have fun. Uh, that's the... That's the uh, well, that's not the word I want to use. That's uh that's a good situation. It <laughs> is. Have, Everyone having fun would be good. good. Words for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the ideal. I don't think that's really the ideal. Everyone wants to be successful and uh financially independent and then fun. <laughs> I think I, I mean, work the opposite way for me. <laughs> like fun first. <laughs> fun first. I, I have to imagine though, if everyone was having fun. Either they have done those things or those things don't matter to them. True? Kyle, if everyone's having fun, is anyone having fun? Oh, boy. We're going to get down this deep philosophical <laughs> hole at the very beginning of this episode. Because what is fun? <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that you could get into that argument of like, you know, there's no sunshine without rain. Like, we could get into that. Yeah, if everyone's having fun, no one's having fun. So who do you want to not have fun, Josh, then? Because if I just said the guy who just wants everyone to have fun. And you oh, said, yes, there's some people living like maybe putin he probably shouldn't have any fun <laughs> okay um most republicans <laughs> wow, wow okay well I guess <laughs> get a little bit more political on the show Ooh, no, okay uh, so uh, there goes any of our listener base awesome okay oh listen uh oh no i almost just alienated them again so let's well no, i, I think it. we have <laughs> i think we already have a very specific listener base so I, yeah, I, I hope so um so how many people have to not have fun in order for everyone else to have fun? Like, is it just, oh, have to it be it just one needs person? to be, yeah, it just needs to be like chartable. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Just so Josh, Putin. Putin has no fun. And then we can just base fun off of good. how much fun he's having. <laughs> uh, so Josh, you know, I'm just going to cut to the chase. We were talking yeah. and before the podcast and you're like, well, there's something I'm going to talk about on the podcast. And I asked oh. you how your weekend was. So we're just going to get to it, Josh. How was your weekend? <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, maybe going was, it's been a weekend. Um, Ooh, how do I lead up to it? So is there there anyone else you want to alienate on the way? Like, is there anyone else we can? (laughs) Oh, I can, I certainly can alienate many people. I usually just work real hard to not do that. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, one of, one of the guys we work with decided to, um, Retire early, so oh. he's using all of his eighty sick days he has left. So he basically stopped coming to work. Dang! Um, so he's using his sick days. Plus, on July first, he gets five weeks of vacation time. So he's 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 peppering those in to make his eighty days last longer. Um, because of the amount of time he has on, like the longer you're there, the more vacation time you have. So he has five he, weeks of vacation time, and he has eighty days of sick leave. 
He has, yeah, and that's pretty low for what most custodians have left currently, like at his age. <laughs> but that's they like actually, 16 weeks. Yeah, a lot of them give back time because they're capped at a certain amount of days they can right. hold on. So a lot of custodians I mean, give back 15, six days a year. He he literally gets to take a third of the year yeah, as like yeah. just sick leave. And he's doing it. Um, <laughs> and then he's going to take vacation when he gets it. And the funny so part is they won't post his position until he's officially retired. Retired, right. So he's going to be on the books until November. Uh, oh, my gosh, Josh. So now, ridiculous. Now I'm working six to two. So, okay. But I- we, have t- we have 10 hours a day of ma- overtime that needs to be split up between the remaining guys. And they're not going to give us people to fill in our two open spots and one of our guys refuses to take overtime. Well, how did you just get to like do that? Like how do you just, you don't have to, it's not mandatory. You don't have to take overtime, but so so theoretically none of you have to do it. Well, well, I guess theoretically it would make it very hard on my boss because he has to fill the overtime. It just doesn't have to be filled with the guys in the building. So then he has to start reaching out to other buildings to have people come in. Okay. So it becomes a big headache. So I essentially have been working 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, uh, which has been tough. (laughs) I mean, Uh, but overtime is good. Yeah, but, you know, I don't want it. (laughs) Like the the benefit of working 6 to 2 is being able to be home with the family. I can still be on from six to five, you know, yeah. you know, I, I still got to be home, but, uh, that being said, how did I get, why did I start there? I started I there ask, for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. This is just really fascinating to me. Can I ask a quick question? Mm. Okay. So you are like, everyone knows that this guy is going to take all of his sick leave and then take all of his vacation. Yeah. Why can't they just pay him out? You know, uh, it would be smart for them to do that but they 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 don't they don't do anything smart <laughs> let's alienate some more people <laughs> it just, it just uh, seems they don't like do anything just, smart kyle <laughs> it just seems they also like could just... incentivize people to pay them for the sick time they're giving up right. even if it's just 10 bucks a day like yeah. you give us a day we give you 10 bucks so many I people mean, would just take the money dollars but <laughs> no but i mean it's more than nothing that's true that's you know if true. he had 80 days he's gonna get 800 bucks yeah. Instead of making us all suffer. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I don't get. Like, I don't know. And I know it's different with sick leave versus vacation. But like, yeah. typically, you know, most places, not I shouldn't say most, some places, obviously, when you leave, any accrued vacation gets paid out. Like, if you know vacation this does gonna, get paid out. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you know this guy's going to do this, just pay him out his sick leave. Like, my goodness gracious. Yeah. I, they should do yeah. that. I agree. They should do that. So. That being said, I'm on days, which means now I was able to, we were able to schedule a date night, which is long overdue. So we get a, we we had my son have a sleepover at, at my parents' house, and um, I left work on Friday. I got home by three ish. We'll just say that's all by the books, <laughs> <laughs> and um. We went inside Doctor Strange, which we'll talk about later. And then we had um, some Asian cuisine. And then we went to a dessert bar. And we were Ooh. out out till past 9 o'clock. Um, Whoa! It was crazy. What are you guys, like 1920? What's going on here? Slow British, down. 
the, the wife wanted to call it quits a little earlier, <laughs> but I kept calling her old, so I think I forced her to stay up late. And then, uh, you know, as 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 the world and the universe works, she got food poisoning, and Excellent. she was bedridden all day Saturday. So Perfect. we were supposed to go to a birthday party Saturday for my friend, um, but my wife was sick, and then my brother got COVID, and we had just seen him last week. Awesome. So I was like, hey, you know, we should probably not go out right now until we know for sure it's just a stomach bug, it's not COVID, etc. So I canceled that birthday party on Saturday. We had another birthday party today uh, for our friends, my my GM for uh, yeah. Pathfinder, uh, Joe, his son's birthday was party was today. And I get a text from them this morning that their son was sick, so that birthday party was canceled. Oh goodness! <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so two birthday parties were no go, <laughs> and some people got sick. The wife was bedridden all day yesterday, and then she worked a twelve-hour shift today. Well, actually, it's going on fourteen-hour shift today because she's stuck there late. So dang, she still isn't home. So it's been fun. A lot of overtime. A lot of people sick, a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. How was your weekend? <laughs> you know, my weekend was way less like exciting than that, I guess. Um, we have this, uh, backyard, small landscaping project that we're doing and I, sh- I say small, but you know, when you're not a professional, everything that is small is definitely bigger than, you know, you anticipated it's going to be. Uh, so, so, that's pretty much all I, <laughs> so that's pretty much all I did this weekend was, uh, yesterday it was warmer than the dickens out here um it was really hot yesterday so i worked Uh, i was here too yeah yeah so i worked in the morning outside up until about lunch and then after lunch i was like "Mm, i'm good like i i'm (laughs) i'm not quite conditioned for this again yet you know like in two months from now it would be fine but right now i'm not totally conditioned to like just be out in the sun all day uh so then i went you know did grocery shopping and all that good stuff but then today it was absolutely beautiful out you know Whereas yesterday it was, I mean, we were in the nineties today. It was like 72 and like slight breeze and it was just perfect. So like busted that a whole bunch of that out today. We're putting basically, we have a pretty big slope in our backyard from, um, our garage, the back, our garage door in the back that has a, that goes into our yard down to basically where our our general backyard is. So we're putting in some steps basically is what we're doing. General backyard. What's that? That general backyard. Oh yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. General backyard. Yeah. So uh so putting in some steps there just because A, nothing really grows super well there. Uh but then B, especially in the winter, it becomes like a icy, treacherous, like downhill slide. Yeah. So I was like, well, maybe if we put some steps in here, we can clean those a little more effectively and actually have like a way down, especially for like the dogs to be able to like go to the backyard rather than just like slide down the hill and yeah. then try to try to get back up. So that's really, I mean, it's dumber putting <laughs> stupid steps in for our dogs. Um, but yeah, it, it will make our lives easier though, too. And rather than trying to like have to try to go down and get them and like sliding down the hill. Did you put in stone steps? Um, so we were basically, I mean, we're doing like landscape steps where, you know, it basically is three, four by fours that are in and then filled okay. with like pea gravel, like kind of up. So yeah. pretty traditional, you know, steps for like that type of an area. But 
so yeah so that is, and then it goes down and it finishes and we put in like a really small like landing at the base of like where our deck is and the steps from that coming down like they all meet up there and we put in a small little like slab patio there so nice so, so yeah so we, it's gonna be uh nine steps total um and we got seven of the nine done so pretty happy nice. pretty Good happy show. with that so didn't be able to finish that up next weekend then but that was really all i did it was actually oddly enough it was our anniversary yesterday oh um, that's happy what we anniversary did. <laughs> we worked on our backyard project <laughs> together that's how we spent our time so but okay josh for the pregame even though we're yeah. kind of a, a few minutes into this uh beer josh beer is the cat is the topic of conversation uh-huh. uh um i know that you are a fan of of said beer yes i am a fan of said beer but josh what i want to know is I'm a person who like I have beers that I like generally, um, but yeah. I am my my beer consumption habits and the types of beer that I drink are very seasonal. Like I okay. really like I'm I'm a person who enjoys dark beers a lot, but I don't tend to drink a ton of them in the summer. Right. So as we roll that into summer sense. here, yeah. So as we roll into summer here, Josh, uh, favorite summer beers or beers that you'd recommend? <laughs> um, what are what are your go tos in the summer time? Well, I'm tip- pretty typically just an IPA guy in general. Although I have come, I would say I would say I've come a long way, but not necessarily in the direction of broadening. Like I was drinking all different types before, and now I kind of just know I like IPAs, so that's where I stick mostly. Uh, that being said, like I like a summer shandy because it's light and you can have a bunch without really feel like getting drunk if you don't want to get drunk like i'm past that stage of my life where i like try to get drunk right. sometimes it yeah. just happens and you know <laughs> that's just like, how um, yeah oops what I was my drunk. decision making <laughs> um we have one around here which is a local called narragansett uh, it's an out Rhode island and they do a dell's shandy and dell is Dell's is um, their local ice cream shop, so it's like a lemonade shandy, which is really good. Um, There's a German beer I had when I was in Epcot called ooh, uh, Radler, and it's uh, grapefruit. They have other flavors too, but the one I had yeah. is a grapefruit Radler, and it's like it's only like two point five percent. Oh, okay. So it's like barely a beer. But it tastes right. very good and it goes down easy. It just it costs more than most beers, so you, I kind of just don't drink it that often because, like, why you can charge that much for juice? <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say mostly IPAs or pale ales would be my choice um, for summer. Uh, I'm currently drinking an IPA uh, from Treehouse, which is where I was at yesterday for the nice weather. Gotcha. So, Josh, when it comes to IPAs, I mean, are you – there's a lot of different types of IPAs. Are you just yes. a very straight IPA? Are you like a dry, a juicy? Like what kind of – do you have an IPA preference when it comes to that? Yeah, now it's the New England style IPA, which is a juicy IPA, which is like the orange pour. Like when you see it in a glass, hazy, orangey, tropically fruity kind of like flavors like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, and uh, when I talk about grapefruit, like grapefruit is a great pairing for IPAs. So if you can find an IPA for me with like a grapefruit flavor, that's like, that's what I really enjoy. Gotcha. What's your summer beer choice for you? Well, for, you know, before we, I, one final question for you, then oh, I'll yeah. go through mine. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on sours? I love sours, uh, but I was drinking them so much that really my esophagus has been fight like fights after maybe three. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. It just becomes like acid refluxy kind of thing after a certain amount. But there was a point where I was drinking them all the time. I really love a sour. We have a a brewery around here that I really enjoy called Greater Good. They do imperial sours, so they're about eight percent per sour. Okay. Um, so you really only have to have one or two and you can yeah. kind of settle in for the night, but, uh, and there's so many different types of sours There's like uh Goza, which is more of a salty sour. Like it uses like sea salt. Um, I think I typically find like, uh, cherry and raspberry to have like really good sours, mm. but I have in my fridge right now, a passion fruit hibiscus sour. That's very good as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like I'm gonna line up actually pretty pretty similar to you that um I I do enjoy a good IPA. Uh, you know, with where I'm at, I kind of have two go tos. Um, being either Surly out of Minnesota, um, and getting their Furious or just um pseudo Sue from Topping Toppling Goliath in Iowa. Um, for me, those are just kind of like my go to like typical summer IPAs. Um. And they're really good, uh, obviously. <laughs> I am yeah. someone who like really appreciates that as, you know, I, I know that for some people, especially like IPAs are kind of like, I don't know, they're, they're kind people of... People associate them with gross. Well, they're gross, but also like they're kind of snobbish, right? Like For sure. You Very know, snobbish. that is like if you were a beer snob, like you drink IPAs, which I get. Like, and I kind of am a beer snob. I don't tend to drink any most mass produced beers i just don't yeah um because if i'm going to invest the time and the money like i want to enjoy it because like you i'm not someone who drink like if i drink i have a beer or two so i really want to enjoy what i'm drinking right um so so i'm a big fan of like especially with how popular ipas have gotten and that most especially like you know small local breweries it's like hey we have like 10 beers six of them are a variation on ipa like almost universally right Right. like um so i I do appreciate like just going in and buying like a like variety of pack of like whatever their ipas are for the summer like i I do tend to do that for just breweries that i like i will often do that Uh, but i am a fan of a a good like unfiltered wheat beer like i i I think that's a nice summer beer um you know that was definitely when i was younger and and more uh newer if i should say into my beer drinking figuring out of what i like that was definitely a thing that i drank more of and and something i still like to go back to is just it it very much feels like summer to me um but yeah i also really like a good sour um (laughs) i've gotten really into like the fruited sours but they are not very light (laughs) you know like a really heavy fruited sour is like almost like it it literally is like when people talk about Guinness being like drinking your dinner, like a fruited sour is like drinking your dessert. Like they are just so intense. Um, Sweet, tart. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, But there's a really good one also actually from Toppling Goliath that's uh, called Dragon Fandango. Um, That is, I'll get that every once in a while. Um, And it is literally like, I, yeah, it's just because it's like dragon fruit and mango um, and passion fruit and they also have a cherry one that they do as well and like the cherry one is like eating a cherry pie like it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous or drinking a cherry pie it's just ridiculous um but yeah i don't know i just was thinking about that as i was looking at my beer fridge and i was like man we're getting to that time and 
I looked and I was like, I literally have like all IPAs in there. I was like, okay, yeah. I should probably change this up a little bit, <laughs> but so be it. So listener, summer beers, what are your favorite summer beers? Do you have recommendations? Uh, Josh and I are both kind of beer snobby a little bit. Um, so, you know, if it's a local thing that might be hard for us to get, that's okay. We'd still love to hear about it because right. uh, I know like the ones I mentioned are definitely not available really outside the Midwest. So for the most part. Yeah, I'll seek uh, it out. If you get a good beer, I'll, I'll find it and try it. Yeah. I am definitely willing to, I've, I've definitely driven, um, or especially if I'm like, kind of like when I went to, um, Fargo a few weeks ago, I picked up a few beers that like they only have there that are not distributed down here. So I do that like every time I travel. So, but with that, Hey, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram. Also board with VG. Um, we're proud to be part of the Place of Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. You never know when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, I know, you know, last week, really the last couple of weeks when we talked about what we've been playing, we neither one of us have had much to talk about, <laughs> but your list looks very long. My list has uh, some new stuff on it. So Josh, I mean, maybe you haven't played a lot of it, but what have you been playing? Right. It looks longer than it really is, I think. Uh, yeah. Now that I'm on days, actually, video game time, I think is harder because I'm with family more. Right. So I'm not staying up later to play games, which is what I would typically do because everyone's yeah. like in bed when I come home. Uh, so, uh, my son saw that the Hot Wheels Unleashed game did a monster truck pack. So we tried, we, we, we did that last weekend. Um, I don't think I talked about it, but you know, Hot Wheels Unleashed, I like that game, but it's too difficult for kids. We played split screen. He just couldn't, you know, he couldn't even play really. It was just rough. Well, uh, I mean, that makes perfect sense, right? Because, like, who would be interested in Hot Wheels? Only adults. Only adults, yeah. Like, let's make <laughs> this game hard. Uh, and let's take, like, edges off of maps so you just fall right off of the track. Um, no, I mean, I do like that game a lot. It is a challenging game, but, yeah, not great to try to play with my son. Um, so he just wanted me to play as Five Alarm, which is the fire truck monster truck. So we did that for a little bit. And we played a little more, like, oh, Star Wars. We're in Episode 2. Um he kept saying, Daddy, come back for me. Daddy, come back for me. Daddy, where are you? Daddy, where am I? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't want to be R2-D2. Daddy, help me. I'm like, okay, this is not going well either. <laughs> so it's really interesting trying to teach him how to use analog sticks and control right. camera. I can't even teach my wife that. So I'm like trying to teach a five-year-old that. The so same, Josh, really- same effect, actually. <laughs> how well do you think your son would do on old enough? Oh man, uh, <laughs> not good, not good at all. In fact, okay. I just watched they did Selena Gomez hosted SNL this weekend, and she did they did an old enough sketch, but it was oh, about it was about live-in boyfriends. Okay, and it was hilarious. Uh, so <laughs> if you if you're listening and you've watched old enough, go on to YouTube and look up the Selena Gomez old enough sketch. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, he would not do well. In fact, I'd probably go to jail because he would end up like getting hit by a car or something. <laughs> Well, we don't want that while, I, while I'm watching. <laughs> You're like, well, you signed him up for this. Uh, <clears throat> okay. 
I'm still pay- playing Peglin. I got to the boss of the second area, um, and I got completely wiped. Like, just uh, I'm still enjoying it though. A lot of fun uh, game. Pretty simple. Kind of one of those games like like you how you play Vampire Survivors. Like mm-hmm. when you got like 30 minutes to yourself, or you want to do something while you're playing it. Yeah, very easy to do that. So, um, yeah, that's fun. I didn't talk about playing Fortnite on. Oh, I did talk about that, right? On xbox.com slash play. I did talk about that last week. Um, So I listened to, it used to be called How Did This Get Played? Now it's called Get Played, the podcast. Heather and Campbell, Matt Apodaca, um, and Nick Weiger. And they uh, do a series where they play like, they tell their fans they're going to play a game and they give like everyone like a month and then they come back and they basically like spoil the game they played, but everyone plays it and they talk about it. And uh, they did Disco Elysium probably last month or two months ago because they also did Elden Ring. Uh, but I'm a little bit behind on on Get Played Pod. So I listened to that and it really reminded me like how much uh, I want to keep playing Disco Elysium. And I'm thinking like, all right, I have it on the PC. I bought it on the PC. I have it on Xbox. I got it when I donated to Sean Capri's Extra Life campaign. So I kind of paid for it. And I'm like, okay, well, both of those platforms are not super accessible. And like, am I going to play, at least on the PC, it's easier to read because I'm right in front of the monitor. On the Xbox, I'm further away. A lot of text. And, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get it on the Switch. Like, I might as well buy this game for the third time. (laughs) So I picked up Disco Elysium on the Switch. Um, I started over. And uh, I'm just really amazed at how different the game is just by making very small changes from when I started playing. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know what Disco Elysium is, it's it's an RPG um, style game, but it also is very different as far as how the story is told, how it's narrated. It's actually narrated from like your brain, your emotions inside your head. And you actually have this omnipresent, uh, I don't say being it's really, you. I think it, I think I haven't gotten far enough to know if it's more than your inner monologue, but you have this like omnipresent being who's sometimes heckling you, sometimes guiding you. Um, and you're a, you're a police officer who wakes up with no memory of basically what has happened. And you have to solve a crime while also trying to figure out what the heck happened to you. And it takes place in a uh, fictional world. And uh, I wish I could remember the name of where I am, but uh, uh, it's very interesting. I really like the story a lot. So, um, so far what I played, I've done a lot of the same things, but it's all been different. Like, um, some of the story beats are different. Some of the um, question and prompts I get, like it's very mass effecty as far as like how, or I guess any current RPG, like how you interact with people, even with Horizon. Like if you you have certain like conversation abilities that you wouldn't, that you don't always have. It's also based on your character build. You can choose from three preset character builds or create your own, which is what I did. Um, and there's no combat in the game, uh, but you do roll for checks. 
And the funny part was, I think I talked about this the first time I played it, like when it first came out. I literally died at one point in just the apartment I woke up in because I made <laughs> the wrong choices. I think I accidentally hung myself on my ceiling fan, un- <laughs> like unintentionally. Right. Um, so there's so many. It's just a very unique game. There's not a game out there that that I have ever played that's like it, but it's a little bit like a bunch of different games. So I'm really looking forward to actually hopefully like coming home at night, cooking dinner, unwinding, and then getting into bed and playing like an hour disco disco Elysium a night. That's the that's the idea. Who knows how that will pan out. Uh and then lastly, uh I got a t- uh, text like a messages from Kyle over the weekend where you just decided to buy a bunch of games. Um <laughs> And uh, I was like, well, I want to try all these games, but what am I going to try first? Oh, I'll try this game that we're going to talk about in the news in a minute. And uh, I saw this game on the Nintendo Indie Showcase called Soundfall. I did not realize it was on other other, um, consoles as well. So Kyle had ended up buying it for us. Oh, I forgot I bought a Scott Pilgrim and I didn't even play it. It's on my Xbox. Kyle got this for us on PlayStation, and I decided to give it a shot. It is billed as a rhythm-based, I don't know, combat, like kind of like Tunic or Bastion with rhythm. I mean, it's a rhythm-based twin-stick shooter. Twin-stick shooter, there you go. Um, So I played that a little bit. I'm interested on your thoughts. I personally found a lot of issues with the rhythm based aspect of the game. Uh-huh. Um I think they're trying a little too hard on some of the like prompts in the map where they're trying to get you to continue playing with the game but I think I feel like there's too much going on because I didn't even realize there was the rhythm bar yeah at the bottom of the, the bottom. screen and then yep. I'm trying to like do too many things and pay attention to that rhythm bar at the same time because like they want you to time jumps across areas of the maps and combat and shooting and dodging with this rhythm thing but there's so much going on on the screen sometimes at the same point i found it very difficult to pay attention to the rhythm bar which just really led me to uh dying a lot because i was like not dying sorry uh not being in sync with yeah. The way the game wants me to be in sync. Um, I think I only died once, actually. Um, but I think it's it it's it looks promising. I'm excited to play it some more. Um, I like the music that's in it. It's very um, poppy. I like that as well. Um, yeah, and that's all the games I've been playing that I thought to write down. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I'll just start then with the Soundfall. Um, as Josh mentioned, it was in the Nintendo Indie Showcase, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, I actually had found out about this game like a week earlier or so. Uh, there was a PlayStation blog post about it. So I had just oh, okay. seen it for the first time, like just a few days before, if I recall correctly. Uh, and I love rhythm games and I love twin stick shooters. So I was like, you know what? I'm at least going to give this game a shot. Maybe it's going to stink, but I'm going to go for it, you know, uh, and see what happens. Uh, it is very challenging uh, because the game definitely rewards you for shooting and dodging and everything on the beat. Um, your shots are more powerful. Your dodge is better and more effective. Like everything just works better when you do it on the meet, on the beat. 
there is a metronome at the bottom of the screen that's always kind of showing you where the beat is. But I'll be honest, I almost never looked at that, number one. <laughs> um, I just kind of listened to the music to get the beat. But number two, your controller yeah. vibrates on the beat. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I kept getting control- excellence, so I knew I was doing something yeah. right. But then I realized when I was doing something wrong, I had a hard time getting back to the yes. beat. Yes, yes. Um, so, but yeah, your controller slightly vibrates on the beat as well, uh, which I, is kind of more of where I was focusing. So I could look at the rest of the screen rather than just the metronome on the bottom. Uh, it is, you know, so far in how far I've played it, it, the game is challenging, but it hasn't been overwhelmingly challenging. It's not like, you know, in many twin stick shooters, you get to a point where you just have these enormous amount of enemies that are coming at you. And it's just ridiculous, right? Like because of the conceit and the constraints of this game to be rhythm based and everything's happening on the rhythm. They can't really do that at least right now. Maybe once you get more powerful weapons, they can, but right now you're just not powerful enough to be able to take out waves and waves and waves of enemies. Um, because your guns aren't strong enough. Most of them, you can only hit like one or two, you know, monsters at a time or whatever that you're fighting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the music is very, so far I found the music to be very good. Um, it is, pretty varied it's not like super super varied but there was one song specifically um and each song is a level and there was one song specifically that i was like i'm really struggling with the beat on the song (laughs) like i I just for whatever reason it just was not like totally syncing with me um you pick up a bunch of loot and you can then use that loot to like change your weapons and upgrade your armor and upgrade your abilities and eventually you get some um the guns shoot differently and you can swap between guns and you know, like I said, you do have a dash and you also have an ultimate that you eventually get. I don't know if you got to that part. Um, and then you can like pick up a sword and all this other cool stuff. So there's a lot of fun little different things that are happening and going on here. Uh, so far, I really like this game. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the the story conceit and things behind it are a little trite. Uh, but the gameplay and action of it, to me, is very fun. Uh, it is very challenging, though. So if you're someone who doesn't have good rhythm um, or don't like rhythm games, like if you just like twin stick shooters, you're probably not going to like this game. If you just like rhythm games, you might not like this game. I do think yeah. it is a pretty narrow venn diagram of people who are going to love this but i think if you are in that venn diagram i think you really are going to like it mm-hmm. um but like i said I, I think overall presentation is really good like i said the music is really good control so far has been awesome it is a little that rhythm thing though you live and die by your ability to do everything on that and the game is ridiculously challenging because like you can like it does all the things that games like this do It's like, hey, beat a level and you get basically like the recognition for beating it. But then there's like the silver, gold and bronze or bronze, silver and gold for beating it. And it's like yeah. beat the level before the song finishes without ever breaking your combo. And you're like, what? No, no <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like some of these socks are very short. So you're like, how would I even do this? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it is. So for me, I've just basically beat levels, but my accuracy has been pretty good because you get it like an accuracy meter all the time and my accuracy is typically 91 to 94 95 percent nice which which i think is pretty good but the idea of hitting a hundred percent is like to me just not even i'm like i'm nowhere near to a point where i I can even fathom getting a hundred percent on one of those levels right now um and that's what you have to do to kind of quote unquote actually beat the level so yeah i'm liking it i'm gonna keep playing it um you know this will i think will probably be my game i play instead of vampire survivors because literally each level takes three to five minutes like they're super yeah. super short um so if you're just looking into play something really short it's a good time um so yeah so that's soundfall i think it's on everything i think um but yeah it was definitely part of the, the indie showcase uh in addition just mentioned i bought a whole bunch of games see what i had done was i told myself okay between ghostwire tokyo 
Dying Light. Oh, 2. that was the other one. <laughs> yeah. Did you play that at all yet? No, no, I didn't solve it, but I, I oh, wanted yeah. to try it. Yeah. yeah. So between Ghostwire Tokyo, Dying Light Two, and Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy or Strangers of Paradise. Strangers of oh, Paradise. you made a good choice, I think, by skipping anyway, Strangers of Paradise. <laughs> so those three games, I said, okay, yeah. I really want to play these games, but how I'm going to decide is whatever goes on sale next is just what I'm going to buy. Sure. Well, then Ghostwire Tokyo and Dying Light 2 both went on sale at the same time. So I was like, well, dang it. Like, I guess I have to buy them both. Like, I said this is what I got to do. So now I guess I'm buying them both. So now we have both of those games. Yes. Um, And I decided to boot up Dying Light 2 first because yeah. I was like, well, they do have some story DLC coming, which now just got delayed to September. So maybe I didn't have to start <laughs> with Dying Light 2. Um, but yeah, I never played the first Dying Light. I know there are some people who absolutely love it. And Dying Light 2 always seemed interesting to me. Obviously, it came out earlier this year. Some people really loved it. Some people didn't. But overall, I think it's a solid game and, and a game that um, has always been supported. Like, they've always supported their games for a long time. So I was like, well, we'll give it a shot here. Um, I'm probably two hours in. I'm not super, super deep into it. Sure. Uh, the one thing I will say is that, you know, Dying Light 2, first-person parkour, first-person, like, a lot of first-person melee combat. Hmm. Um it takes a lot to get used to like the they have it set up so you jump on r1 which is fine it makes sense for like the style of game that it is right i do have a controller that has back buttons so theoretically i could move it just to you know x which is the traditional jump um, and just use the back button for it but or i could switch my back button to r1 but i don't but that's going to confuse me with on-screen prompts so i've just been i was like you know what just learn it just learn how they want you to play it that's fine (laughs) Um, and once you get the hang of it, it, it does work really, really well. Uh, there are a couple kind of weird situations where I don't totally, like, I have to really think about, like, you learn, like, this vault attack where you can, like, vault over an enemy and then, like, kick another enemy. So I'm like, okay, forward and R1 and then R2. Like, I have to think about it still. Like, yeah. So hopefully I'll get to a point where I'm not having to think about what I'm doing, but right now I have to think about it a lot. Um Oh, right now the story is a bit overwrought. Like everything is just like goodness gracious. Can we just calm down a little bit? Like things are gonna be. I'd say things are gonna be okay, but like obviously this is a really tense situation that everyone's living in, so it's really not gonna be okay because you know you're living in uh, basically a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, but things are. Uh, it does really seem like you're sitting there. And you're like, man, these people are trying real hard. Like they're they're really acting. Like is kind of how I feel about it. Um, but I'm enjoying it. Like I'm having a good time so far. It, it it's very tense. Uh, and I definitely always feel like when you're being chased or when you're running through things that you're like, I got to go, like, I got to go, I got to go. Um, and I get the the idea so far. I feel like I'm not supposed to just fight everyone. That's I don't know if that's true, but I feel like there's like small pockets when you have a handful of, of zombos that you're like, OK, I'm going to take these dudes out or do that's out. Um, but a lot of times I'm like, I'm just going to run away because like I don't really like I could scavenge you once I kill you for some things. But yeah, for the most part, I've just been running away. Um, there are some parties where they make you have to fight, um, especially with humans. Um, but yeah, so far, like I said, I'm enjoying it. Like, I, I don't know that it's, you know, uh, a game of the year type game for me at all, but I'm going to keep playing it and see where it goes uh, until, and I'll probably play until I don't want to anymore, whether that's to finish or not, we'll see. Um, but so far, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying Dying Light 2 so far. Nice. So, uh, Josh, okay, you downloaded Dying Light 2 and Ghostwire Tokyo. Uh-huh. Which one are you going to play first? I'll play Ghostwire first. I did play okay. Dying Light, the first one. Um, and I didn't love it, but I also kind of right. appreciated it for what it was. So I, I do want to play Dying Light too. Um, I just have 
like low expectations and i want to play ghostwire tokyo more of like morbid curiosity than anything else yeah <laughs> so i understand that, I understand it, that. Uh, yeah and i think donnie really ended up enjoying it based off of his tweets i think so uh that you that that seems to bode well for me yeah uh the one thing i will say about dying light 2 um the weapons do break Ugh. That's very annoying to me. <laughs> I get it. Right? Oh, like, I, I think I there's got a, there's another game. I can't think of what it is. It has weapons that break, but I think it's garbage. What is it? <laughs> Stop. Balan <laughs> Wonderland, Balan Wonderworld. Oh, no, like oh that. that's what that's not where I thought you were going. <laughs> no, going you else. know where I'm going. Yeah, it's um, not Balan Wonderworld. It's that other trash game, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Second um, worst search game ever made. <laughs> the one thing I will say though about uh, weapons breaking though is that I have used, well, at least I assume it's going to break. I have used basically two weapons the entire time. Like that's how slowly they. Hmm, go it doesn't down. sound like they're breaking to me. No, I know. And like I said, maybe <laughs> I can repair them. I have no idea. I haven't tried to do that. Uh, there are a lot of menus in this game. There's a lot of stuff that's like, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this. You're really hey, selling you're me on not playing this game. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of menu stuff, uh, which I don't mind. But yeah, like I said, they. And I don't know. One of the weapons though is like a bonus dlc something so maybe it's just more pop stronger and doesn't break sure, fast. i don't sure, know sure. um but yeah so i like i said i'm enjoying it i'm going to keep playing it uh still a lot of systems i haven't totally had to interact with yet or figure out yet like the weapon stuff but it yeah. seems like eventually at some point this dumb bat's gonna break but it hasn't yet i don't know uh, but with that <laughs> josh let's get to our topics of the show what's your first <laughs> topic this week okay well on a slow news week for at least board games yeah it's super uh, slow for board games <laughs> We have uh, some news from Dicebreaker. Those old, good old classics. Oh, you know what? There's a better news story that I didn't use, and I should have. Uh, I'll use it. No, I I would have to find that. I'm going to use it for next week. Let's just put it this way. Asmodee is putting out a bunch of new games that are more accessible to, um, I think, disabled gamers is probably the best way to, to word it. Um, without the news story in front of me. So now I apologize for saying that it was a slow news week, because it certainly wasn't. Um, but, but keeping on that point of a, if it was a slow news week, uh, our two class, two classic games now, uh, Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride, are receiving their own cookbook tie-ins themed around each board game. Now, if you've been in the board game world, uh, Catan food themes will not be new to you. Like, right. It's definitely been uh, tropey, I guess. Um, but we do have um, two hardcover cookbooks coming out that will have a selection of original recipes themed after each of the games. Um. Alongside the recipes, you get full color photographs of what each finished dish. Obviously, it's a cookbook. I don't need to read what a cookbook is to people. <laughs> You'll see the pictures of the food you're going to make. Yeah. So it makes sense to you. Uh, I spilled milk all over my HelloFresh menus, by the way, today. Uh, oh, they no. All, they all got ruined. And we had just resubscribed to HelloFresh to start tomorrow. Oh. So, uh, so now I don't know what I'm going to do about my recipes. Uh, <laughs> 
just spilled milk all over the table while boiling water for pasta. So I really did not know what to do with myself. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be published by Ulysses Press, uh, co-published. Um, oof, they've also previously released a Hocus Pocus um, cookbook, which was adapted into a horror board game. Does that sound right? I'm not even going to look into that. There is a Hocus Pocus board game, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I thought that the cookbook was adapted to a horror board game. They also did a Studio Ghibli cookbook uh, as well. So that being said, I can't even really imagine what a Ticket to Ride board uh, uh, cookbook is going to look like. But really, this is what I'm going to ask you in this weird, silly news of board games getting cookbooks if you could pick a board game to get a cookbook no matter how crazy it might be even ticket to ride crazy what would you pick what do you think you would pick for a board game to get a cookbook of keep in mind there is a skyrim cookbook there is a fallout cookbook probably the weirder one is fallout uh (laughs) there's tons Um, of cookbooks for games okay josh before I, I'm gonna 100% answer your question, you have to because I, I, I know you, you're gonna make me <laughs> you'll reach through the screen and, and, and slap me if I don't. Okay, that's right. Here's here, a Catan cookbook and a Ticket to Ride cookbook. Uh-huh. Josh, picture it is what <laughs> ne- next year. Uh, it is, uh, let's see here. Um, Catan is coming in spring, Ticket to Ride will be summer 23. Okay, pictures summer of 2023, Josh. Yeah. Your HelloFresh, you know, subscription has ended. You're not getting HelloFresh anymore. So next week, you get a, <laughs> sure. You, you get a you uh, get a gift from a friend, and it's a ticket to write cookbook. And you're like, well, I don't have HelloFresh anymore. Yeah. What's what's in here? You crack open the the book. What is the first recipe in the ticket to ride cookbook, Josh? I got to Well, I mean, in the cookbook fashion, it has to be an appetizer. Yeah. Right. So is it like? Um, is it like wagon wheels, or like cheese and crackers, to make it oh. look like train wheels? Because <laughs> what I'm trying to decide is like, is this going to be like things that are themed off of tr- like a train, or is it going to be like if you were on a tr- in on a passenger rail car, like here are foods you would experience? That would you know make more sense, but the, it's <laughs> weird to it would be weird to call it a ticket to ride cookbook if it's just like food you get on a train, <laughs> or is it like the you know, if it's like the Ticket to Ride USA, it's like signature foods from all of those cities on the Ticket to Ride map. But then again, yeah, I I at least have confidence that Catan can do something with its resources to make food. But really, Ticket <laughs> to Ride, it just it's it's going to be like, here's my ready. We're going to have like half of the book will be recipes that use activated charcoal <laughs> and the other half will be uh uh what instapot so using steam right. to cook it <laughs> yeah i know right it's just so it's so bizarre it's just a weird choice they, they could have chose Carcassonne. it's asmodee right they could have chose any asmodee property right. besides to get to red well and i mean i think like an easy option if you want to go to a super easy one you do something like agricola right because in agricola you have it's to just feed all your food. people anyway <laughs> yeah. right and then you have like what could you find on a farm to make a recipe with I think you'll be okay, right? So yeah. to me, something like Agricola is the easy, easy route to go. 
But if we want to go a little more challenging, and this is more in the theme of <laughs> sure. your follow cookbook, and it's a game I talk about on here all the time, game that I talk about too much, Dead, of, Dead Winter. of Winter. <laughs> yeah, the Dead of Winter cookbook. Like, what are you going to do to survive in the zombie apocalypse? What What are quick, easy meals to make with limited equipment? Kill your friends and eat them. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to kill your friends. But I'm just saying, if you if you do or it kill from the like trainer, a, sorry. <laughs> yeah, if you do it from like a survival standpoint of like quick, easy meals to make in five minutes to like sustain you for a long amount of time, right? Like yeah. that's what you're doing with minimal ingredients. Like that's the cookbook, and I think that kind of could work for Dead of Winter. Sure, sure. But yeah, so that's my answer. I think Agricola is the easy one, and actually, one I would reasonably be interested in because you could do like a very much a farm to table cookbook. Yeah. Um, but hey, if we want to be fun with it, let's do a Dead of Winter cookbook. Josh, what are your what are your pick or picks for cookbooks? I I would do viticulture. Oh yeah, so going to be cooking with wine a lot. Wine, grapes. Yeah. Uh, I think I believe there's other ingredients in viticulture that aren't just grapes too. So I think you could be dealing with other fruits, um, and you can use wine in a lot of cooking, like drunken yeah. pasta, and make maybe even make your own wine, things like that. Yeah, there's a lot of options. Uh, uh, there's a lot of euros that would fit this bill that aren't ticket to ride. A lot of euros would fit this. Terra Mystica uh, would probably be a good fit. Uh, I thought Pie Town from Renegade Games would be a good one. Oh, that would be a dessert uh, themed cookbook. Yeah. You know, there's definitely a lot of like themed games you could do. I don't know. I'm just looking around at random games I have here, but uh well, I guess I actually picked the only two that would work. <laughs> uh I just I think it's interesting. Uh board game cookbooks seems very strange to me. But I hope they do well so that it helps the board game industry. <laughs> In yeah, some I mean, roundabout way. Well, I do wonder like who they're going to get to help make these cookbooks. Uh, you know, Justin Warner, who is you know celebrity chef, uh, and the person who does Eat the Universe on Marvel.com, uh, mm. and you know, friend of PSVG, and you know, might or might not be the same person as Kevin Austin. We haven't totally decided yet. Um, would be it seems well, like a good fit. He's a huge, <laughs> like he's a huge nerd. Like he would love. I feel like maybe if you you know Kevin for the. Well, Kevin, but just I was talking about Justin, but yes, yeah, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, yeah, uh, you know, he's a huge nerd and might be interested in something like this if you pay him appropriately. So, sure, I don't know that Justin Warner's ever played a board game. I know Kevin Austin has. Man, board games into cookbooks. Is there a video Ooh, game? Is there a different video game you'd want to have a cookbook of? We we already mentioned a video a game. Have. I would love a yeah. massive Knights cookbook because you can have like future food be, <laughs> that doesn't cool. exist yet like all concept food it would be like hey make your own andromeda no why did i bring up andromeda what oh man yeah <laughs> uh i bet there's a witcher cookbook there's gotta yeah. be a witcher cookbook if not that was gonna be my pick because it seems like especially if we've had other Ooh. epic fantasy games uh, white phosphorus cupcakes for Spec Ops the cookbook. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> That's not good. What about uh, a Breath of the Wild cookbook where it says, "Just go outside and find a dead animal or a weird berry and throw it in this pot." Cookbook. <laughs> you know, Josh. <laughs> 
My goodness gracious. Um, no? <laughs> I mean, I think I think you could have a... There's got to be a uh, Zelda cookbook already, isn't there? There has to be. Well, <laughs> let's uh, look it up. Yep. There certainly is one. I, was there, I would have to imagine there would be one. But Legend okay. of Zelda cookbook. Simple recipes to enjoy together. Legend of Zelda. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. It's are you from in, Breath of the Wild, of course. The pictures look awful. <laughs> okay. Well, good to know. Well, sure, with that, great. we will we will move on then to our next topic. Um, speaking of which we referred to earlier, Nintendo did an indie showcase. Um, There's a Halo like cookbook, a by the way. What's that? There's a Halo cookbook, by the way. Oh, is it? Okay. Just, just well, to interrupt you real quick. <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I don't... I guess I didn't realize Halo had to... Food was a big part of Halo, but that's cool. Uh, um, hot chocolate is one of the uh, recipes. Hot. What is so Halo? Uh, about hot custard chocolate? pie. Full stack ground pounder. <laughs> that's a hamburger and chicken. Okay. Uh, wontons. Tom what Yum. What about these are Halo? And churros. <laughs> Very Halo. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> Okay, well, goodness gracious, I don't know what those have to do with Halo, but hey, Nintendo did an indie showcase, which I was like a week late on in my prediction. Oh, Um, yeah, you were. So so be it, though, I was still late, so it still doesn't count. But, um, so, Josh, number one, did you get a chance to, it sounds like you did watch this showcase, did you watch it live, did you watch it later, what were your general thoughts on the showcase as a whole? Yeah, I watched it live, Um, it was fine, just like most of the indie showcases are. Yeah, there was a couple games I was interested in, but I think mostly they were just like we talk about that Nintendo disconnect we're feeling right now. It seemed par for the course for me. A couple interesting ones, but mostly uh, not games for me. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. So we'll go through it. I did watch it live as well. Um, I, there was a couple of things that obviously I enjoyed at least one for sure. Um, yeah. that got me to buy it. So, we'll buy it. <laughs> um, but we'll go through them quickly here. Um, don't want to take too much time, but you know, we'll try to give the indies the love too, that we give the triple A games. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in the breakdown, the first thing they showed was Ooblets, which has been That's on, out, right? Well, it's in, I think it's still technically in early access on Xbox okay. and PC, okay. but this game has been on like playable since like 2020. Okay. All um, right. Yeah, so it's been around for a very, very long time. Um, but yeah, I think it's not. I think it's still technically early access. Any interest in playing Ooblets, Josh? Actually, not for me, but yes, for, for I want to get it for my wife because I feel like this is right up her alley. It's like Pokemon meets Stardew Valley ish. Um, at least that's what it appears to be. And I would say, like halfway through this trailer, I was like, "Wait a second! I think this game already came out." Why did I not get it? So I clearly don't want it that much. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I, I remember, I don't know when I saw it, but I think I saw it at an Xbox showcase at some which, point. Which I think is becoming, as we'll soon see, uh, we're starting to see the same indie game at showcases for multiple yeah. platform holders, which I guess is fine. Like, it, it, you should not be beholden to one. But it, right. to me, it does seem less... I don't know. I don't want to say it's less exciting, but it, I don't know. When I watch these, I typically want to see like new things. Um, but now it's like, oh, I guess this game is also coming to Switch, which I always kind of assumed it was. You know, like I think anyway. the problem is like they're forcing these companies to just use the branding where it's being showcased. 
Right. And yeah. before it used to be like you start a tra- trailer for a game and it might still have like like for Call of Duty, it might still have like the PlayStation swirl at the end, but then right. it would say like also coming to and they don't do that anymore. They don't tell yeah. you what the other games are coming for. Well, I guess my assumption is maybe this is my bad assumption, especially for specifically for indie showcases like this. If it's an indie game, whoever's showing it, my my assumption tends to be it's going to start there and yeah. will eventually be on everything. Yep. But, yep. I yeah. agree. Um, the next game they showed then was Batora Lost Haven. Um, I barely remember this game, uh, Me too. but this is the you too. I don't remember it either. Okay, because this was the one that had. <laughs> um oh shoot where you were um you have like physical and mental powers and you have to use one in some situations the other in others but it looked okay yeah. now that i've seen the screenshots but it's uh, coming to switch npc this fall didn't yeah didn't really super stick out to me um the next one then was a head which is already yeah. available on pc and has been for a bit um this actually looked kind of neat yeah it seemed the, cool the, to me okay yeah, it, it basically is kind of a puzzle platformer um, where you can disconnect your head to give electricity to other places, and then you can use that to kind of navigate through the world. Um, made by one person. Yeah, very so, impressive. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. So that one to check out. Um, the next one then was Soundfall, um, which I had, obviously, we've talked about a ton, so no need to talk about that anymore. Uh, then we got into, you know, the, the games everyone likes, a nice tactical roguelike deck builder with <laughs> yeah. Wild Frost. Uh, Josh, yeah. did this do anything for you? I think I'm over um, deck builders. Uh, unless, unless there's like a something like very unique that's going to grab my attention. This one didn't do that. Um, so, yeah. It, I'm happy to see deck building get its time in yeah. the spotlight, but... Uh, I'm I'm just like uh, the last thing I want to do is be playing five concurrent deck builders. Like I need a break. Right. No, I hear you there. Um, I obviously am a person who really enjoys deck builders overall. I think they're a good time. Uh, but I would agree. We're, we do have a lot of them, and I much prefer li- like physical deck builders over PC, like oh, yeah. over video game deck builders. Yeah. There's something about having the cards in my hand and shuffling them and fiddling with it. Like there's something about that, that I just really enjoy. And obviously you don't get that when you played a, a digital version of it. Yeah. Um. So even as someone who really likes deck builders, I feel like we're kind of, you know, there's going to be about a deck, any type of deck builder you want, you probably can find it at this point. Um, for sure. Doesn't mean don't make more, but I, it is something that <laughs> <laughs> for those people who don't like them, I can understand their exhaustion with them at this point. Uh, next was a game that has been out for quite some time, and that is Totally Accurate Battle Simulator or Tabs. Um, Josh, have you ever played? Have you ever played Tabs before? Yeah, I messed around with Tabs when it was on um, the Xbox Insider like beta, so I played it with it a little bit. I mean, it's it's fun for a minute, but it's not a game like that I can see myself spending a lot of time with. Right. Yeah, I, I think it looks kind of neat, but it's just not a game that I feel like is super for me. So, yeah. Um, next, then, was a very moody game uh, that I'm really surprised actually hasn't been, <laughs> this name still existed, uh, was yeah. Gunbrella, um, coming by uh, developer Doinksoft, who made Gato Roboto. Um, and they are making this what they're calling a Norpunk action adventure game uh, where you have a umbrella that's also a gun or a mm. gunbrella, if you would. Uh, this is coming out in 2023. Um, it yeah, 
pretty polished for a 2023 game. Obviously, we're only seeing small parts of it, though. Uh, what were your thoughts on Gunbrella, Josh? Well, I played Celeste. I don't ever want to play any games like Celeste anymore, and this definitely felt like a Celeste game. I just okay. don't have the patience. I don't like getting mad anymore when I play games. <laughs> no, understandable. Uh, next, then, was a game that we have seen at a couple PlayStation showcases, and that is We Are OFK, sure. um, which is for indie <laughs> pop band OFK, um, and it is a five-episode, um, weekly-released, episodic uh, game that's coming out, I think, this summer. Um, Josh, any interest in We Are OFK? What is it going to be? <laughs> no, I don't have any interest. I just saved last me. Okay. Um, we keep seeing, like... We've seen this for about, I feel like, two years, and I just don't ever know that I've ever seen a clear, this is what this game is trailer, and it's just getting more upsetting than anything else. Well, and I don't know how much of a, and I don't mean this to be derogatory, I don't know how much of a game it is. Right, right? that's what I I mean, right. I think it is very much a, um, and maybe there is more choice in it than it seems, but it really does seem like a um, narrative storybook adventure almost yeah it's like um, which isn't bad uh it's just are you into that or not it's fine and for I, the right people yeah um have, are you familiar with ofk's music no i am not either and i've maybe i should listen to that maybe that'll make me more or less interested so <laughs> uh next was in a very uh stylish game kind of looked like um what am i trying to think of josh limbo inside, underwater inside underwater yeah or something like that um and that was silt Josh, any interest to be scared underwater? Looks cool. Uh, I'm definitely interested in checking it out. Uh, but yeah, it looks like Limbo in underwater. So. Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Games. Yeah. Uh, then was uh, Mini Motorways, which has been kind of a hit on PC for a while. Um, and I think it's also on on mobile. Um, okay. And any desire to play Mini Motorways, Josh? Looks cool. Um, yeah. I would I would be interested in checking it out. Like it didn't really like scream at me. I have to get it. Well, actually, when I started out, the first thing I thought was like, I wonder if I could play this with my son because he loves like cars and stuff. So yeah, I'll probably check it out at some point. Cool. Uh, then we saw Wayward Strand, which is a, a story based <laughs> game about a floating hospital airship in 1970s Ugh. rural Australia. Josh, no, you're not going for that. Life is depressing enough. Do I really <laughs> need to play a game where I can just? randomly eavesdrop into people's hospital rooms <laughs> that was kind of odd right Come oh my on. where's, where's gosh. the HIPAA violations no just everywhere. thank you <laughs> um next was then another game that we've seen uh, at a number of places with which is cult of lamb which i think at this Ooh. point now i think is coming everywhere i think that's what we have decided now based sure. on the room showcases this has been in uh josh are you interested in playing cult of lamb i mean it looks interesting but i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i'm interested uh but i'm curious to see more about the story in the gameplay awesome uh and then the final big game or um main game that they showed before they did a sizzle reel was yeah. another crab's treasure josh um uh and basically uh it, supposedly it is a souls like as a crab great you pick up different shells uh, based <laughs> off of people's trash um henceforth another crab's treasure right like another person's trash is your treasure type thing. yeah um so josh uh interested in another crab's treasure no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to be so blunt. Uh, oh, that's okay. No, not at all. Not even remotely interested in this game. 
Yeah. Um, and then they did, like I said, they did a sizzle reel after that that included uh, One Shot World Machine Edition, Gibbon Beyond the Trees, Idol Manager, Card Shark, Curse to Gold, A Guide Book to Babel, and Opus Echo of Star Song Full Bloom Edition. Mm. Uh, so, Josh, if you had to pick, you know, a game or two, Oof. anything jumping out at you, or are, are you pretty, pretty much a pass on all of these? Uh, Card Shark looked interesting. I, okay. uh, I wish they gave it more time so I could see kind of really what it was. Uh, I'm interested in New Blitz for the life uh, as like a gift. Um, you know, I'm interested in the like kid, but I think I, I might be past this type of game. Uh, but yeah, it did seem it. really cool. Yeah. Um, I want to keep checking, uh, keep playing Soundfall. Uh, but I think overall, like, I really was hoping for more TMNT footage. Uh, another um, game we've seen just about everywhere, it seems. I mean, we've seen it everywhere, but I also feel like we haven't seen anything of it also at the yeah. same time. Uh, and yeah, silts. Silts and mar- mini motorways would make, like, the uh, the last of that list. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, the big one definitely was... Um, soundfall so i bought it hmm. um uh wild frost you know like i said i do love deck builders do we need another deck builder though that's my only question because there's already really really good ones out there um mm-hmm. otherwise you know mini motorways is a game i looked at buying or picking up a couple times i just never did yeah um but yeah you know i think overall like for these indie directs and all the indie showcases that are done even though i'm not someone who's like woohoo about a lot of the games i still really like to see the creativity that's coming out of developers like that and though i know like i said maybe there's only a couple games there that i was interested in obviously there's gonna be some people are gonna be interested in totally different games than what i was interested in that they probably could find something there that they liked so yeah overall okay with the indie showcase like i said i mean they don't typically set the world on fire but it seemed fine right Regardless of what I think uh, about the games, I think it, Nintendo does Nintendo and Xbox. They do a great job at showcasing indie games, so I do appreciate that it exists. So okay, uh, keep them coming. Cool. All right. Well, with that, Josh, what's your second story? Well, uh, let's steal someone's idea. Uh, okay, we're going like, like to steal Eurogamer's idea. Okay. Uh, without reading what they suggested, so I don't know if you read the article or not, but we'll review it after we talk. I have not. Okay. Uh, but they lead their article with the picture of the black hole, the first photograph of our oh, yeah, yeah. galaxy's black hole. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're talking about, well, what we can talk about is Starfield is getting delayed, mm-hmm. as well as uh, it's not Blood Hunt, it's the other Blood Red something, fall. Blood Fall. Uh, come, uh, both of those Bethesda games have been delayed until 2023. Uh, I still think that's good news because they're giving like Bethesda, notably very buggy games at launch. Sounds like uh, with them uh, joining Microsoft, I guess the big question is now that they're owned by Microsoft, were they pressured to put release dates out or were they pressured to delay the game? We'll never know that for sure. Um. We'll never know whose decision it was, Bethesda's or Microsoft's, to either give it more time or rush a, a release date. That being said, uh, both of those games have been delayed, which is, you know, like I said, fine. However, uh, Eurogamer has uh, put together a list of games that they say uh, are things that you can uh, play to scratch that Starfield itch. And what I thought what we could do 
is give our own list. Games, if you were excited for Starfield and it has been delayed, let's just assume any games on the table. Let's just assume we have a blank slate for a new gamer who was only excited for consoles because of Starfield. What can we what can we suggest to them to play to fill that uh, soundless void? So let me get this straight, Josh. (laughs) What Eurogamer did was creative list to to of games they recommend to scratch the itch of Star Starfield, a game none of us have ever played. Yeah, just based on the premise of Starfield alone, which that we don't really totally know. I'll give you what most people assume, and that would be Fallout in Space. (laughs) Okay. So that would okay. be your premise. What is okay. a game that will fill the itch of Fallout in Space? I and mean, there's obviously a very obvious answer that isn't even Fallout. <laughs> and I won't make you say it now. We'll get to it, I'm sure. It would be crazy if one of us didn't mention it. I'm obviously going to mention it. Uh, and you probably too. But I'm going to let you start. We'll do just a couple uh, games because, you know, people who want to play Starfield... They don't get the time to listen to us talk about games. They want to play them. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I guess I don't know if this is the obvious one that you're thinking of, but I mean, Mass Effect. Oh, that isn't. But I, that is on my list. Yes. Like, I, I don't. I mean, if you're looking for, obviously, is Mass Effect. Uh, you can actually very recommend Mass Effect Andromeda because it has I, uh, more similar character models to follow. That's, <laughs> that's actually what I was considering was like, do I say Mass Effect Andromeda actually specifically? <laughs> Yeah. Um, because I feel like that is more similar to Fallout than yes. maybe, especially Mass Effect One is right. Yeah. Uh, but it, if you're looking for that epic space opera uh, type of a style game, I mean, I think Mass Effect is a really good place to go, and it's a really good game with interesting yeah. characters. Um, you're gonna be traveling from you know from space to, from planet to planet, just like presumably we're going to be doing um, in Starfield. Um, <laughs> There's bugs. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Space bugs. bugs. Space bugs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I think for me, like, I, I I feel like Mass Effect, especially Mass Effect Andromeda, really seems like a, a game that might scratch that similar itch. And I know we've talked about it before. Andromeda is not as bad as people said it was. It just isn't. Like, is it a great oh. game? No. Is it a good game, though? I, I mean, I think it's at least a decent game. Like, I had fun when I played it. I didn't finish it, obviously, but I still had fun. The combat okay. was pretty good. So. All right. Agreed so that's, there's one suggestion, Josh. What would your <laughs> first suggestion be? Well, my first suggestion would be Outer Wilds. I think that's the, I, I thought that was the obvious one. Oh, it's basically yeah, okay. Fallout in Space. But I haven't played Outer uh, Wilds. No. <laughs> I think what Outer Wilds did was it streamlined Fallout enough to make me like it, where you could get by on combat alone, where I don't feel like that's the case in Fallout. I think in Fallout, you have to do a lot more crafting and world building, and I. I felt like in Outer Wilds, like you could kind of get by more like Bioshocky. If that Are you makes talking sense. Outer Wilds or Outer Worlds? No, Wilds. No, Worlds. I always confuse the two. Yes, Outer Worlds, not Outer Worlds. Wilds. Outer Wilds. Not Wilds. Sorry, yes. Worlds. Outer <laughs> Worlds. I always do that. No, I do Outer, too. That's so I was clarifying. Outer Worlds, um, which is followed in space. But yeah, it didn't. It didn't for me. From what I played with it, it didn't rely so much on the 
Uh, well, first of all, blind wandering, where you can accidentally go somewhere you're not supposed to go. It didn't rely on having to uh, over encumber yourself because you didn't just you didn't want to leave things behind mm-hmm. um, because you never knew what you'd need them for. And then yeah. it also like felt more uh, combat focus, which I really enjoyed because mm-hmm. there's still the RPG elements and the and the um, decision making stuff that you'd find in the classic RPG or even Mass Effect. But you had more like I really enjoyed that the combat aspect. So um, Outer Worlds, not Wilds. I would not no, I think- recommend Outer Wilds to anybody. I think that game is trash okay. <laughs> okay some people some people's like favorite game of all Sorry time. for the Josh. people who worked on that and people who love Josh it I'm, this trash. I'm obviously um mostly joking <laughs> um well and here's the hard thing is i'm trying to get away from like being caught up in the space thing um well you should be caught up in the space thing it's called starfield <laughs> i know but i'm trying to it's think okay of- to get caught up in it yeah, I'm trying to think of like why else, like what else would somebody be really excited about? Because I think the other direction I could go is like, what is that? This is, I promise this analogy works in my mind. What is similar to space? I'm sure it works in your mind. <laughs> right. But like space, IKA also like being under the ocean, right? Like being sure. underwater. Totally the same. I mean, similar I'm, that you can't just like go outside, right? Like you can't just like chill I, out and go outside. I'm just giving you a hard time. I actually agree with you. I think that yeah. they're very, they're very, um, uh, Copacetic is that the word I want to use? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so I was that that led me to then like Bioshock and to even like Subnautica. Like I started Subnautica, thinking of those yeah. things. Uh, but I, I think the other answer for me, if we're gonna do two, um, and I know it's probably No Man's Sky, right? Like, yeah, that's on my shirt know, list also. <laughs> yeah, like you can go literally anywhere, explore anything. You can play the game kind of however you want. Like you can build a base. You don't have to build a base because I think they've talked potentially about there being base building in this game sure um or at least i think there maybe is assumed that there's going to be because of fallout 76 but um the ability to kind of go anywhere like get resources kind of do whatever you want to you can be any type of character that you want to in the game um i think that would be uh something that would potentially appeal to someone who's looking for you know it, it is a deep rpg without necessarily like the rpg of like creating your character stuff it's just based off of what you choose to do rather than yeah investing things into this skill or stat or this skill or status like you just chose to do that thing so now you have a whole bunch of it um so yeah so i think that would kind of be one of my other pick what would be your other pick then josh well my my other pick is a rough pick because it just is a game that hasn't aged super well but i also do think it is important to play we also have a remaster of it coming out uh, and that is uh star wars knights of the Old republic mm. Uh, or KOTOR, if, as the cool kids say, or maybe the not cool kids, who knows. Uh, definitely that space opera that you want to play. Uh, there's also Jedi, you know, and there's also a robot that calls you a meat bag, which is pretty fun. Um, who is, you know, the first time I think we were introduced to a robot who doesn't like people. So it gives you a little <laughs> interesting look into Star Wars. I want to say it's like his name was like HK07, but something like it's been so long since I played it. Uh, but I I did try to like play the re not not remaster the re-release versions like there's iOS, there's PC, uh, and they're playable, but it's rough. It's kind of like trying to play Final Fantasy VII, not the new one, but like mm-hmm. the port. Like right. it's playable, but is it like good? Debatable. 
but I'm just kind of stuck in nostalgia times with KOTOR. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens with this remaster, but it uh, seems like it'd be fitting for the Starfield um, disappointers. But that's right. what we listed. Let's talk about Eurogamers list. Okay, let's take a look. All right, let's see. All right, so we have, well, here we go. Uh, Outer <laughs> Wilds is first. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. Which they say the best game on this list is also the best game on most lists. I have to disagree with everybody, I guess. Uh, Outer Wilds, I can tell you why people like it. It's exploring, uh, it's kind of like No Man's Sky. You can explore other planets. What I don't like about it is it kind of adds puzzle elements to it, kind of like um, The Witness, which just really makes me angry just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> coming from a guy who played Mist in Seventh Guest for most of his childhood. Uh, Genesis Noir, which is a game I haven't played, actually. Oh, yeah, no, nor have I. Uh, as I describe it, one of the great joys of real-world space exploration is seeing something hazy and far off slowly coming into view. Uh, Genesis Noir feels a bit like this. For a long time, it was a GIF here and playable side there. Uh, I don't really know anything about the story, so uh, maybe check out Genesis Noir. It's titled A Cosmic Adventure. Ooh. Uh, they also list uh, FTL which is faster than light pass for me. I tried playing this game. I hate it. <laughs> so I think what this list is just telling me is that I should not play Starfield. I think that's so far. Thing, yeah. <laughs> Next on the list is mirror moon EP, which they compare to outer wild. So that's another hard pass for me. Uh, as they describe it, it is uh, folksy and personable. <laughs> okay. Cool. And then let's add Sea of Thieves onto their list. Whoa. <laughs> uh, okay. Sea of Thieves, a game I actually greatly enjoyed with friends. It's unplayable solo. Okay. Um, except I did play the Pirates of the Caribbean the first part while my right. son watched because he was in his Pirates thing. And I was able to complete it, but it was not easy without friends. Uh, let's start a uh, let's start our own ship and uh, see if these. Uh, next is Sable, a game that I never was able to play because it didn't work on my Xbox, even though I downloaded it. Game I still want to play. It reminded me of, uh, well, it's like cell sh- cell art. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know. It made me think of Recore, but I never got to play it, so I'm not really sure. But as they just say, it's a gorgeously realized world, a video game landscape that lets empty space set the mood and control the tempo as you travel between wrecks of ancient ships and over the xylophone bones of old creatures. They also add Beyond Good and Evil to this list, which is interesting. Yes. I don't see the Starfield connection, but it's a good game. So if you haven't played Beyond Good and Evil, that's uh, also old. <laughs> Maybe don't check it out. <laughs> it's a bit old. Uh, the next game is In Other Waters. This is a Nintendo Switch game. Um, I'm not sure if it's similar to Subnautica. Uh, no, it is not. 
It's very interesting. It looks like you're playing the game through like a fish finder. So it does not look good to me, but maybe it's fun. And that's the last game they list. Did anything on that list really make you like, I got to play this before Starfield comes out? Well, Josh, I've only played one of the games on this list. <laughs> and that is I played Sea of Thieves for like one evening. That's it. Okay. I haven't played anything else on this list. Uh, and nothing on this list really is all that appealing to me to play. I agree with you. So, <laughs> Thank you for not making me feel crazy. <laughs> oh. Maybe I'm okay. just a bad gamer. None of those sounded wild or crazy to oh, me. Oh, I or, mean, we are or, definitively bad gamers. I know we are. <laughs> and that's fine. We are. <laughs> all right, Josh. Well, there you go. Uh, listener, if you have games that you would recommend that people play who are waiting for Starfield, a game none of us have played. Yeah. What's your uh, Starfield it, uh, sub? Yeah. Let us, let us know. know. Let us know. Um, so with that, uh, kind of building off that, my final topic is um, kind of the topic of um both starfield and redfall being delayed to 2023 um obviously zelda oh, i didn't the wild even 2. notice that this no, that's fine that's fine <laughs> zelda breath of the wild 2 is delayed to 2023 as well uh you know god of war Shocker. is kind of the yeah god of war is kind of the big playstation um exclusive that's kind of floating out there that some people say is still coming this year some yeah. people are pretty confident it's going to be delayed we'll have to wait and see on that one uh, but josh let's just assume that god of war gets delayed to 2023 just yeah. for the sake of this discussion fair assumption I mean, do we need any first-party games this fall? Like, no. what are, what are your thoughts? Like, with Starfield and Redfall being delayed, Breath of the Wild 2 being delayed, maybe God of War is getting delayed. Like, are we in a situation where this fall is just going to be, like, a wasteland of ga- no games for us to play? Like, are we going to be just fine, Josh? What are your thoughts on, you know, what this fall slash Witcher is going to look like, which is traditionally, right, the big time for games, yeah. whereas, you know, February to March this year absolutely kicked butt. Yes. Um, apparently, that is, like, the new fall. <laughs> but what are your thoughts? Are we going to be just fine? People are never happy. Um, that's where I'll start. <laughs> I think we're fine. We're fine. We got plenty of games to play. We have too many games to play. And if you want to go back to like console generation gaps, like fall is typically when you, all you get is your shooters. Right. And sports games. And, yeah. and that's still fine. There's still plenty of games to play. In fact, maybe we won't have to have a heavy front-loaded 2023 where where studios will be able to uh, push games forward. Right. So they're like, well, we don't want to release a game in February now because it used to be the dead zone. And now, uh, now there's seven games coming out on in our launch window. Let's release it in November. It's already done. We don't yeah. have to wait until like February now. I, I don't see that it, it's, it's going to be a problem. There's so many studios that aren't even under Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo that have so many games yep. or Embracer Group <laughs> oh, uh, gosh, that have yeah. so many games that even if we're not getting Gears of War or Starfields or Uncharted's, we'll still have games that are surprises, right? Like Guardians of the Galaxy. And right. you know what? Maybe... This will be good for Guardians who didn't get as much attention as they needed. And now people go like, okay, well, it's it's October. I was interested in Guardians, but all these other games came out. Now it's like, oh, there's only Guardians. So I'm going to get it now. Like maybe we'll be in that situation where some games will get more attention that they need um, versus the 
Do I get Call of Duty? Do I get Battlefield? Do I pay for the right. new Apex Battle Pass? Do I pay for the Halo Battle Pass? Or do I get fell in the blank game that right. looks like a cool shooter? Yeah, I think that there have been, kind of as you were alluding to, you know, in during the PlayStation 4 generation, for the most part, PlayStation avoided the fall for exclusives. Sure. They, they didn't release too many of them in the fall. Uh, so it, it is a strategy that with how many third-party games do aim, and we know that Gotham Knights now is the next-gen-only title coming out in the fall. Yes. Uh, we have, and I know there are others that I'm just blanking on right now that have already been announced. Um, I don't think it's a huge, huge deal. Um, what I, I do wonder, though, is... When Starfield, when Bethesda announced Starfield's date, they seemed yeah. very confident. Uh, yeah, they put a like a full thing out out of nowhere with the data. Yeah. yeah. Right. And they did not need to do that. Not there was part no- of an event, just like, hey. <laughs> they're, they're, they did not need to date that game, but they chose to. And I often wonder, you know, and we've talked about this with trailers and other things too, like are those things aspirational or are those things, you know, what's actually going to happen? Yeah. Obviously with COVID and everything else that's going on, game delays are basically the norm at this point, right? I just assume that any game that gets a date is, is going to get delayed anyway. That's just is yes. basically what's happening these days. But you, one has to wonder, like they were very, very confident in that date, it seemed. And, you know, now we have Redfall, which was supposed to be summer, which is this summer, which is now next spring. Um, you know, these, these dates, these delays are getting pretty significant, but the, the thing I want to ask Josh is we're, we're hitting about to a year when Matt Booty said, Hey, our goal is that we have a new game, Xbox first party game every single quarter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that obviously hasn't happened yet. What a statement. <laughs> well, they have 23 studios, right? That's, so like, that's it, four games a year though. That's a big, that's a big ask every quarter. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot for that's, one studio. That's four games a year, but if you have 23 studios, they get five years of dev time. I think you said just Bethesda said that. No, 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 no. Oh, X, my Xbox. Yeah, Matt Booty. Oh, for, I yeah, think Xbox Bethesda said that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so in, as a whole. That makes more Xbox, sense, yes, Bethesda, yes. Yeah. So do you think, obviously, you know, again, maybe that's aspirational. Maybe that's not going to happen. Maybe it's like an average of that. So they'll have like two games, one quarter, no games the next quarter, something sure. like that. When do you think that starts? Because we obviously haven't hit that yet. You know, <laughs> Microsoft seems to have like really kind of bunched their games, which yeah. happens. Like PlayStation's definitely done that too. This is not a knock on them. Like look at how close Ghost and The Last of Us Part Two were together, right? Um, too close. But do you think twenty twenty three is reasonable for that to start? If Starfield and Redfall are delayed, we know so many other things in their pipeline. Like, do you think when 2023 rolls around, are we going to start getting to that game a quarter from Xbox? Do you think that's the thing that's realistic for them to be able to do? Well, I feel like we've been talking about it for two years, right? Like when two years ago at E3, Microsoft came out and they were like, this was the year they bought all of those studios. And we got that promise like, one, we're not changing how they work Two, we're supporting them and they can take as long as they need. But we, every time we think about that, we always talk about this is the year we're going to hear about those games. And it didn't happen last year. We didn't really hear about any of those games from those studios. And right. I, I don't know that there needs to be a rush because it's an investment, right? It's Microsoft's investment. And really what you want, is for the games to be done when they're done. And I hate 
it doesn't even make sense that Starfield did it. I just hate game dates at this point. Yeah. Because you're right. Every game we get a date for, we immediately expect a delay. And it's yeah. pretty much, I would say, what, 90% true? Yeah. Uh, if not higher. Like, yeah. So stop dating your games because all you're disappointing, all you're doing is disappointing your, your fan base. Right. And then you have games like Cyberpunk happen where yeah. they just went like, well, we gave a date and we have to stick to it because we delayed it three times. So we have to stick to right. our third delay date. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to just going to push back like Halo is another thing I think about. Uh, what what would Halo be like now if it, they just waited a year and mm-hmm. released it with co-op? Right. And released a fully fleshed out multiplayer than more than just a beta. Like what well, would this what would that game be? And like, did they lose that much money by rushing it out a year early? Like, I don't obviously we have no numbers to show that, but I just always wonder like what are what is the big gain? Um, yeah. and I, I don't think there is one. I think the problem is it's, it's all, um, compromised because somebody somewhere said, put a date on this game and yeah. they didn't need to do that. Well, and it, it is, Halo is a sp- particularly interesting thing to point out because there are places that gave Halo game of the year last year that did think it was a, well, crafted thought out bundle of, of things for people to play and that they got game of right. the year you know like game informer gave it game of the year um yeah they're canceled now i don't listen to them anymore <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good question because that was another game that when it got delayed and then there were people who were talking about like oh maybe it's going to get delayed out of 2021 yeah they were like no they were adamant it was not yeah. going to you know and but why but then, at what point right like like, like and who knows? Sometimes eventually you have to release something, right? Like ha- maybe they had just released the multiplayer suite as it was, and they took six months to finish up the campaign and release it with co-op. Who knows? Like that was actually kind of what I thought was going to happen. Sure. Um, but you know, it, like I said, I it was fine. Like I, I enjoyed my time with Halo overall. It wasn't a bad game by any means. Um, and I, I have no doubts that I have no doubts that Xbox and PlayStation have something else up their sleeves that we don't know. Um, there's obviously the rumors now abound again about that, you know, the, a, a remaster a la Master Chief Collection coming for Gears as potentially still this year, right? right? Like um, there's rumors abound that there's still a PlayStation exclusive for this year that we don't know about that hasn't been announced yet. That seems um, more likely though than a, than a Microsoft surprise. Yeah. So, you know, and that's because like for PlayStation, we literally know like God of War and we know Spider-Man 2 and we know Wolverine and that's like it like we really just don't know anything else and we know that theoretically Naughty Dog is working on Factions 2 or whatever that is Um, but that's really all we know (laughs) you know we don't really know anything else they're doing um people are just really 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 waiting on that last of us multiplayer game <laughs> they really are they It'll be really a console are. seller for sure <laughs> yeah i mean factions was fun like I, yeah I, I fun I, and you also said halo was fine also not yeah. things that studios want to hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah fun well and i i would anticipate that that uh factions will come with this remaster of the sure. original last of us so. yeah but Anyway, like I said, I, I I anticipate that both will still have something for this fall, but I don't know if it'll be a big hitter. Uh, but I think they'll have something. But even then, like we have plenty of things to play every fall, it seems. So I don't necessarily know that either one of them. Agreed. Be so there'll be plenty to play. Um, did we 
<laughs> excuse me was the gotham knights stuff this week yeah it was this week yeah uh did you watch that at all i did what you think of it? it video yeah. i thought it was interesting red hood looked like clunky as all heck yeah and i did not think that i i didn't think that his traversal was very intuitive until they showed him using the grappling hook later right um, and I don't know if it's because like Nightwing looks so much better or if just Red Hood's going to be a slag to use. Yeah. Uh, it didn't look fun as playing as Red Hood. I did appreciate, I did like that, that multiplayer aspect where like you see where that person is on the map, but you're not necessarily like beholden to go to where they are. Right. Um, but you can always help them out and they had combos so I'm more interested to see um, our Robin and our Batgirl, Batwoman, Batgirl, uh, yeah, um, combat Which, as well. But I really, uh, I really don't like how Traversal looks for uh, Red Hood at all. Not even close. So do we assume that the Robin and Batgirl that's going to be at like Summer Games Fest? We assume, right? Yeah, Summer Games Fest or Sony or Microsoft grabbed them for an exclusive. Yeah. Um. I watched it. I was really surprised that it's next gen only because I mean, I thought it looked good, but I don't I didn't think it looked next gen only. It good. looked fine. You know, like I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but and maybe that was just the compression of when I watched it. I have no, no idea. No, because if you watch Red Hood's combat too, it's very like laggy. Yeah. And well, just, it didn't, it, none, none of it seemed, and it could just be a, the person playing it wasn't very good. Um, but there was like lots of hits and misses like literal misses um in the combat so i'm not sure if that was just a bad game player so i it felt to me a lot like the first times like i saw like guardians of the galaxy being played because i really wasn't interested in guardians of the galaxy when i first saw it with gelatinous cubes well it just it didn't (laughs) the the combat didn't look that great and i know that is that is still the knock on the game that a lot of people didn't like the combat i still thought it was fun i thought the combat Um, was fun yeah yeah but I, I don't know for like Nightwing. I almost felt like it was too like it didn't seem like he was actually hitting them. Like it just like it felt like there was like no impact when he'd hit people. Yes. And yeah. then for Red Hood, they're like, oh, he shoots non-lethal bullets. Okay, pew 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 pew. But then they're like, oh, but this one does piercing damage. I'm like, well, how is that not lethal then? <laughs> like, what, also what's like Red Hood. Red Hood kills people in the comics, so he's right. not like firing non-lethal rounds. Right, but I just thought that he's was a so bad funny. guy. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny when they're like, "Oh, he shoots non-lethal rounds that apparently do piercing damage." Yeah. That seems very non-lethal. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see more. I think the discussion around it is pretty fascinating because people seemed all over the place about it. Like, it was definitely not universal praise for the game by any means, and I kind of assumed it would be, and it definitely did not feel that way. So. So we'll wait and see. I'm still interested for sure, but sure. All right. Uh, let's move towards wrapping up the show. Then Josh, obviously it's prediction time. Uh, we record on Sundays, post on Tuesdays, but yeah. without Phil, big news happens on Mondays. People get bought, whatever else happens. Josh, what is your prediction for this week? I see our predictions are in line with one very similar so predictions. Prediction? <laughs> uh, my prediction was that uh, Jim Ryan will uh, adopt a dog because he kind of has to now. <laughs> Jim Ryan, my gosh. Even as a PlayStation fan, I can't defend this dude. Uh, so my prediction is Jim Ryan is going to do something else dumb because every time he opens his mouth, something dumb comes out. I like, think your prediction would validate my prediction because just him going out to adopt a dog right. 
because of what would he said dumb. would be dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Oh, my gosh. Jim Ryan. That guy. And here's the thing that I don't understand, right? Like, he led he PlayStation to, say anything. <laughs> to be the dominant console in Europe. How did sure. he do this? Because he seems like a complete idiot. I don't understand. <laughs> Anyway, so there's our prediction. We'll see what happens. I'm sure something's going to happen because it always does. But yeah, really, he literally had to say nothing. That was all he had to do uh, was say nothing. If you're confused by what Colin and I are talking about, just uh, go Google. (laughs) Google Jim Ryan. Uh, Jim Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even want to say what it was in regards to. So just Google Jim Ryan. (laughs) Like he literally could have taken the, the easiest way out was just to say nothing. To do nothing, and he couldn't even do that. In fact, he had no business saying anything, period. So he he even went another level. (laughs) It was like, how can I make a... How can I... Like, how... (laughs) Two people are pressuring me to say something. Right? Like, how... Like, I don't feel like there's been enough controversy. How can I put myself into a controversial situation? What an idiot. Anyway. If anyone's curious, he likes pineapple on pizza. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, okay, Josh, do we have any listener <coughs> questions or emails this week? Uh, Paul chimes in. I'm just going to hit it real quick because we talked about driving distances last week. Paul oh, says yeah. um, uh, driving her distance and or for a certain amount of time doesn't really bother him as long as he has a map. I mean, what year is it? Paul, get a cell phone with Google Maps. Uh, <laughs> if he needs to get there fast, he'll fly. Uh, he's playing Lego Star Wars barely. Uh, I'm going to leave. Paul does have some personal stuff in here, which I'm very happy for you, Paul, but we don't need to share that with the world. I'm happy that you're happy. And I meant to respond to you, but, you know, crazy week. But good for you, Paul. Three games he take that we talked about. A DS, uh, which he meant Dead Space. Dead Space oh. remake. KOTOR remake. And a new Star Fox. Those are his big swings uh and i agree with him on two of those uh yeah and that's uh that's it that's all we get from paul so that's those are our our comment galleries gotcha okay well obviously if you want to be part of the show listener you can hit us up at board with vg on twitter or you can also or email us board with vg at gmail.com with that, we're going to move towards our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that is helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Hey, look at this. I got this cool poster that I got at the movies. Yeah, you do. Uh, we got out to see Doctor Strange, um, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I want to see this. Sam Raimi returning to Marvel. since. Uh, Spider-Man 3, yeah, which I wanted to point out, Sony made him put all those villains in it. We can't blame Sam Raimi for everything. <laughs> um, but he's back in form. Uh, it's probably it was crazy for him to work on a, a cart MCU movie to see like how much has changed. He is traditionally a director who doesn't like to be told how to direct, and I I feel like as an MCU director now, like they're pretty much given like a, you have to do this kind of right. thing. So yeah. he pulled it off. He pulled it off. I think uh, here's what I'll say. I'm not going to give you any Dr. Strange spoilers. I uh, will say a couple things. I believe it's still PG 13. However, it is the same Raimi film. It is definitely 
the most violent and scary Marvel movie in all of MCU films since yeah. Iron Man 1. Um, also, I would say it is important that you have either watched WandaVision or you go into Disney Plus and you go to the Marvel page, you go under Assembled, and you watch the Scarlet Witch seven-minute all-you-need-to-know-about-Scarlet-Witch video. Um, and actually, I watched that after the movie to see if it was something I would recommend, and they they nail it. They cover WandaVision very well, so if you don't want to uh, invest time into WandaVision, just watch that seven-minute Scarlet Witch assembled video um, because you won't really appreciate the stakes that are in the movie if you don't really know what's going on with Wanda right? or the Scarlet Witch, if you will. So okay. I would say at least do that. But uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It's one of those movies that didn't take itself too seriously. So there was jokes and, and fun to be had, but there was also like stakes and drama and action. So Doctor Strange 2, I would say 10 times better than Doctor Strange 1. Oh, 10 a times film, is a lot. A film I don't really enjoy. A film yeah. that I think that um, they could have done a lot better with. So awesome. Uh, this one was very good. All right. Well, that is Doctor Strange 2, only in theaters right now. Only in least. theaters. <laughs> um, my recommendation, Josh, uh, is a TV series I've meant to watch for a really, really long time. And yeah. just hadn't and hadn't hadn't. And now that it's pretty much done, I was like, hey, this seems like a good time to jump in. And I can say that so far, I am really enjoying it. And that is Ozark on Netflix. Josh, have you watched Ozark? I watched the first season. Okay. But didn't feel like you wanted to continue, eh? I don't know what stopped me. I actually liked the first season. Um, okay. But, you know, time and too many options. Yeah. I didn't get to season two. There are a lot of them. Well, if you're not familiar, uh, Ozark stars Jason Bateman and Laura Linney, um, basically as a financial advisor who will just, I'll just say he just decides to move to the Ozarks and we'll just leave it at that. Um, so I definitely recommend it. It is a, I mean, it is a drama drama. Like there is not like, there's not a lot of laughs here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you definitely have to be cool with like a uh, dark kind of brooding, uh, very serious topic show. Um, but it is very well done. The cinematography is gorgeous. Like really how they frame things in this show is really good. Uh, they do a really nice job of the both. I mean, the dialogue and the scripts are great, but they also do a really good job of um, telling story in silence. Like there's most episodes have some sort of like part where it goes through and it's kind of doing, I don't want to say like a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a montage. It's not totally like that, but there tends to be a part where like they're kind of walking you through things just visually and you're, you're kind of getting a feel for what's happening. So very, yeah. very moody show. Um, I think the first season is definitely the, I, I think the worst, but it's still very good. Um, and it definitely gets better from there um, as from my perspective. So if you haven't checked it out and you're looking for a dark moody drama, that is very good. And you can watch the whole thing. Uh, check out Ozark on Netflix. Uh, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji, so please feel free to use that hashtag as well. So we can see what you're up to on all of the social medias as well. 
in whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch, the rest at Why So Serious, S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Kyle. Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>